Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives that you are walking by faith and not by sight, you, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, here we go again. We are going to talk about divorce and remarry because Jesus said, accept it before fornication. If you remarry while you're first covenant spouse is still alive and you divorce for any other reason except it be for fornication and you remarry Jesus said you commit adultery amen and we find this in Matthew 19:9 so folks it is it is my honor and my great pleasure to bring this lesson to the table once again. It all started this morning. Okay, folks, before we get started, let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we love you and we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for your word. We thank you and give you much glory for sending Jesus to die for our sins so that we are no longer slaves to sin. Father, we are going to see once again from your word on the topic of marriage, divorce, and remarriage. Jesus was quite clear that if you divorce, and remarry when your first covenant spouse is still alive we commit adultery father we know that it is not your will for us to divorce we know from malachi that you hate divorce you also said let no man put asunder father there is much confusion about this in the body of Christ and in the world at large. People are in these adulterous remarriages. Some 
understand what the scriptures say, and yet they are not coming out of these remarriages. Some are in stark denial, and some are confused. They don't know what to think. So, Father, by your Holy Spirit, I ask for wisdom, discernment, and clarity to bring this lesson to your people. May your will be done, Father. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. So like I said, this is a hot button issue. We have, we have church leaders in the church sitting in adulterous remarriages. So what prompted this lesson again? One, the Holy Spirit. And number two, this morning... I'm getting my car serviced. Long story short, I got an oil change a few weeks ago. A couple of days ago, the change oil lamp kept coming on. And I'm like, then I just get an oil change. So anyway, I go down to the service center. So I'm sitting back waiting for them to do what they do with my, my vehicle. And this first brother in Christ, we were talking about repentance and, you know, and the things of God. And then there's another gentleman. He was, So everybody was getting their car fixed and we were just waiting in the little reception area for our cars to, to be done. And so we, you know, struck up this conversation, namely because my car is totally swapped with... um these magnets and uh, signpostings, you know me, everything is about repent, right? So we were, you know, so that always prompt a good conversation. So we talking about, and we, you know, we uh, talking about um, church drama, you know, the fact that with these denominations, Speaking of which, I did a lesson on that yesterday, so that is still very much on me. So we were talking about, you know, the the high drama that goes on in the church because the pastor wants to appoint another deacon and the deacon that's already there, he feels that he's doing a good job, but they want a younger deacon to come in drama. So we was talking about that. The other brother in Christ, he was saying that how he's an ordained minister. Right away, my antennas are going up, right? So, and not only that, he was saying, you know, so he was talking some more about his church and whatnot, but that he mentioned how he's divorced because he was talking about his children, how his oldest son is in Christ, you know, he he has um, a good head on his shoulders, him and his wife, they have a brand new baby, the baby's like eight months, so he's doing well, but that how his daughter, okay, according to him, what, my antennas were up for a reason, 
because if you if you say that you are a minister okay just being in the body of Christ alone forget about these titles there's just certain things we we don't curse we don't use profanity we don't you know what I mean so so he started talking about his daughter about how in comparison in comparison to his son who who has his head on straight well apparently his daughter do not talking about how she is just as dumb as that wall over there so he's pointed to to the wall and and just like ragging out his daughter about her being in these I guess like abusive relationships like apparently him and his daughter got some issues so anyway he was talking about how he had um divorced their mother and then okay so we're talking about that and so I'm already making mental mental notes okay well he's in the church he says that he's an ordained minister he doesn't seem to have a handle on his language okay as far as cursing and whatnot okay another check and then he's saying how he's divorced and so I'm saying to myself okay well I pray you haven't remarried because you should know these scriptures what Jesus has to say about marriage and and um divorce and remarry because see this is the problem I did another teaching on pastors in the pulpit sitting up in these second and third remarriages twisting what Jesus said about fornication being the exception so anyway so I'm listening because see now I'm listening <laughs> okay so we started talking some more about the church and then he he slips out about how his wife like his current wife they were doing something and everything after that I tuned out because I'm like wait a minute here we go this is another opportunity the Holy Spirit is going to give me to have to say something and I'm like okay Holy Spirit all right here we go I'm on I'm on the job now okay so here we go and so I'm waiting for the right moment to question him on wait a minute hold on didn't you just not didn't you just now say you have a wife but didn't you just say that you are divorced so I waited for the break in the conversation and here go the Holy Spirit right on me. So I'm like, excuse me, brother. Didn't you just say that you were divorced, but now you have a new wife? And he's like, yeah. And right away, the expression on his face is like, okay, I'm on guard. And I'm like, because, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going with it. Okay. Because see, this is, this is the thing. When we are in the the fact that we are in the body of Christ when we see our fellow brethren in error we don't just sit back and let them go to a burning hell 
Oh, absolutely not. How is it that if you know the truth, but you say nothing because you don't want to offend someone you don't know, or you know they may not receive it well, and you ain't got time for the drama, so you say nothing? We are going to have to answer for how we conducted ourselves as followers of Jesus. So how could I not say anything? Okay, so I asked him that question and I said, well, is your first spouse alive? And he says, yes. So I said, brother, you you do know what Jesus said about divorce and remarry when your first spouse is still alive you are in adultery and you know that that's a sin right he he didn't say anything and i'm like well to myself you know what i mean because each confrontation if you will is different I'm not going to just be blah, 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 blah. And don't give you a chance to say anything. I go slow and steady and give you bits of morsels so that you could have time to think about it. And we can have a conversation because this is not about condemning anyone. This is having a fellowship. And again, this is why we should not forsake the assembling of one another. Just so happened, the fellowshipping is taking place at this national known service center. I'm not going to give the name, but the reason why we shouldn't forsake meeting up with one another, not so we can go down to the brick and mortar building and give homage and pay tithes to the pastor. No, it's so that we can encourage one another to not go back into sin and if the brethren is in sin this is the perfect opportunity to let them know you are going the wrong way so anyway so i went on to explain matthew 19 9 which we're going to get into today and so I said that and he pretty much wasn't saying anything but the other gentleman he was just a chattel box you know the one who's having his 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 fight <laughs> with his church versus him being the um how he call it lead deacon or the top deacon and his pastor wants another deacon to come in so I'm like I'm focused back on the brother over here because if Jesus calls him out of his body suit while he and his new bride is in this adulterous remarriage. He will not be entering the kingdom of God. So to, to make the story short, I was able to get quiet with him off to the side and really have a conversation with him about this because I felt pressed in my spirit to let him know, to understand he's in danger. So I pulled him to the side. I gave him the quick teaching that I'm about to give y'all today by the Holy Spirit. And as I'm talking to him, I see his eyes welling up. They turning red. I'm like, this man is finna cry. 
because I'm only assuming that he's realizing what I'm saying and whether or not after the conversation, maybe he's going to brush me off or maybe consider what Jesus said in his word because I told him, like I'm about to tell y'all today too, that we must not love anyone more than we love Jesus. He said for us, if we want to follow him, we must pick up our cross and deny ourselves and come follow him. Because again, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 is staring in the face of every adulterer. Paul was clear. Do not be deceived. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so that's what prompted. That's what prompted today's lesson again. So come on. Let us get reacquainted with this topic again. So. I'm going to read from my previous teachings because it doesn't make any sense to do a brand new teaching when we already have the essentials, right? So, Matthew 19.9 does not give us permission to be remarried because of adultery. People, especially these pastors quote-unquote pastors in the pulpit is giving the people authorization, the green light to go ahead and remarry if your spouse cheated on you while y'all were married. So we know that the word sexual immorality because the the King James says, except it be for fornication. Other translations say, except it be for sexual immorality. And people want to roll into a ball and stick adultery with sexual immorality. But let's find out, <clears throat> excuse me, what does sexual immorality mean? So, we see that sexual immorality translated from the Greek means porneia. It also, excuse me, my throat. It also means fornication. In context, Jesus is clearly speaking to all of these men, okay, over there in Matthew 19.9. He's speaking, he's speaking to all these men who was giving these women a writ of divorce so they can marry someone else. Friends, we need to study the scriptures because that word has been so muddled and twisted and manipulated and people are shell-shocked to find out the truth once and for all where where Jesus stood on divorce and remarry that if you are divorced and you remarry while your covenant spouse is still alive you commit adultery each and every time you lay with your new spouse folks eternity is forever 
And I thank God for correction. And I thank God for grace. May he continue to have mercy on us all. So here's the teaching. Because I'm going to give you all these scriptures. Matthew 19.9, Mark 10, 1 through 2, Luke 16.18, Romans 7, 1 through 3, and 1 Corinthians, all of chapter 7. Amen. So here's the teaching. Many people are believing that if your spouse commits adultery, you can remarry. It is a lie from the pit of hell, folks. Jesus, our Lord and Master, has clearly taught us that divorce and and remarrying another person, when you have a living spouse, your covenant spouse is adultery. The teachings of Jesus are clear. Mark 10, 1 through 12 teaches that what God has joined together through matrimony and and the one flesh union, let no man put asunder. Amen. And then we have Matthew 5, 32 that says, but I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife saving for the cause of fornication, cause her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, commit adultery. And folks, for the record, because you have teachers, one in particular that I personally know of over there on YouTube, are telling folks that fornication and adultery are the same thing, and it is not. So, Matthew 19, 19, verse 9, teaches that if a man or woman divorces and marries another, commit adultery. And And why is it that Jesus says that you commit adultery? It's because in the eyes of God, whose eyes only matter, you are still married to your first covenant spouse, the very first one. And that vow, that covenant is not broken until one of you dies. It is not broken because y'all got a divorce. Nope, it is only broken upon the death of one of the partners. Amen. Luke 16, 18 teaches that anyone who divorces his or her wife or husband and marries another woman or man commits adultery. And the man who... And the man or woman who marries a divorced woman or man commits adultery. Meaning, if you are divorced and your spouse is still alive and you remarry, well, that person, he or she is also committing adultery. Why? Because they are sleeping with someone else's spouse. Amen. So Romans 
7, 1 through 3. And right, Romans 7, 1 through 3 says, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. And folks, this goes for the man as well, because you have a lot of teachers teach that the woman, that the woman, is the adulterer and not the man. No. Uh-uh. Because Mark and Matthew makes that clear. This goes for both the men and the women. So, many remarried people struggle with these verses. However, let us not be deceived nor mistaken. No adulterer will inherit the kingdom of God. We know it is from 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Hear what the Spirit of God, my brethren, is teaching us today. So, the question on the floor. If you divorce when your spouse is still alive, can you remarry? The, the answer is no. Not if you want to go to heaven. Not if you want to meet Jesus. Not if you do not want to be thrown into that lake of fire. Amen. Listen. This is going to be an extremely hard and long study for those who want to stay stuck in their sins. Because even the Lord Jesus said that what he is saying about this topic is hard to understand. He says this in Matthew 19, 11. But he said unto them, All men cannot receive this saying, save they to whom it is given. So, let's take it from the top, shall we? In Matthew 19, verses 3 to 12, the Pharisees were trying to trip Jesus up on a discussion about divorce. So, here's... Here's the conversation in its entirety, starting at verse 3 of Matthew 19. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and said unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? and said for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they twain shall be one flesh i love it jesus is like giving them the business so wherefore they are no more twain but one flesh 
What therefore God had joined together, let not man put asunder. Verse 7. Here they here the Pharisees go. They said unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? And Jesus said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. Jesus, Jesus is telling these Pharisees who were looking to get around what he has said. They asked him, well, Moses gave us the command that we can put away our wives for any reason. Reason, And Jesus is like, yeah, he gave y'all the, the command because of the hardness of your hearts. But let us not get it twisted. That's just my little insight there. But let's not get it twisted. This was not so from the beginning. And Jesus says in verse 9, and I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another committed adultery. And whoso marry her, which is put away, do commit adultery. Verse 10. His disciples said unto him, If the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. Even his disciples caught what Jesus was telling them that, wait a minute, hold up. If what you're saying is that if I remat if 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 I marry someone and if it don't work out and I put her away and I I want to remarry, but by doing that, I commit adultery and go to hell. So then why even get married if that's the case? So verse 11, but he said unto them, talking to his disciples, all men cannot receive this saying, save they to whom it is given. For there are some eunuchs which were born which were so born from their mother's womb, and there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men, and there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He's he that is able <clears throat> he that is able to receive it, let him receive it. Amen. Jesus is giving us because you see here in the 21st century we are so flippant about marriage and divorce that if it simply don't work out we can just take our little hips down to divorce court and get us a writing of divorcement jesus is saying that men intentionally made themselves eunuchs they castrated themselves so that they would not burn with lust because for the kingdom's sake, they would rather cut it off than marry and for that marriage to not work out and they get a divorce 
and their spouse is still alive, and if they remarry, they commit adultery, which is a sin, because don't forget, they were up under the law. And, and one of the Ten Commandments was, do not commit adultery. So, these men wanted to make sure to the glory of God that they get into heaven and they are not going to allow their flesh to deter them from entering the kingdom of God. So they cut it off. Okay. So listen, our father in heaven, his stance is and will always be let no man put asunder. That means in the eyes of God, no civil court of law can grant man a divorce that would be sanctioned by the Holy Spirit. The reason why there is so much controversy and debate over this scripture is because false pastors and teachers and preachers have distorted the meaning of this passage and passed it down to those who thought they were in the clear and my hand is raised. Y'all know my story. I, I have been married three times. It wasn't until after I divorced husband number three, that I myself got the full understanding and teaching on this. So while I was in those two adulterous remarriages, I was in sin. I thought I was in the clear because all three of those marriages ended in divorce. But guess what? I mean, ended in adultery. That's why I or they we got a divorce. My first spouse is still alive. I was under the false teaching that if adultery was the cause for the divorce, that we were in the clear. But oh, no, no, no. Glory be to God. So I take it as a mission of mine that if I hear or know of anyone who is in an adulterous remarriage and their first spouse is still alive, I make it my personal business to educate them on what the scriptures say. Because folks, this is for the sinner and the saint. Amen. So look, let's see. Right. So let us, <clears throat> excuse me, let us take a look my throat let us take a look at verse 9 jesus says whosoever shall put away his wife except it be for fornication because the key word here folks is fornication because the fake pastor led us to believe that jesus was referring to adultery when it clearly states fornication, there's, there's a huge difference between fornication and adultery. One is having sex before you are married, which is fornication. And the other is having sex with another while you are married. And we know that to be adultery because 
people say, well, it's the same thing, fornication and, and adultery, it's the same thing, it's still a sexual sin. Yeah, it is a sexual, it, it is, they, they are both sexual sins, but one is committed as a single person, fornication, and the other is committed when you are married to someone else. And how do we know Jesus was not talking about it as if it was the same thing? Because he said, except it be for fornication, you commit adultery. Listen, Jesus is wisdom. Do you not think that he knows the difference between the words fornication and adultery? If he meant it to be the same thing, he would not have called it adultery. So, it is man who wants to find loopholes in everything that Jesus has to say to make it be that, well, since they committed adultery, then we can remarry because Jesus said, except it be for sexual immorality. Now, I just broke down the word sexual immorality. It means fornication. In the Greek, it means porneia. And that is where we get our English word of pornography. So no, it is not the same thing because further proof is that 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, it lists those sins that um, you will not be able to inherit the kingdom of God if you practice any of them. And fornication and adultery is both listed. If it was the same thing, Jesus would have just said fornication and not even mentioned the word adultery. Folks, wake up. Okay, we cannot be standing at on judgment day playing semantics with the Lord Jesus Christ. He ain't having none of that. So we need to repent and come out of these adulterous remarriages and stop with all the, the word games. So listen, Jesus wasn't talking about putting away your spouse who cheated on you during the marriage. No, he was talking about infidelity during the engagement stage. Because folks, only a single person can commit fornication. Why? Because they are having sex without being married. And we have to understand the Jewish custom of which his, his listeners knew exactly what he was was referring to. Jesus was referring to the engagement, the betrothal, because in Jewish custom, when the um the man and the woman decides to be married, they are betrothed. That is a huge ceremony. It is it is likened unto a marriage. Only thing that is different is that they have not consummated it. This patrol period lasts for about a year. And then once they get married, then they can go on and consummate it. 
what what we have to understand is that under Jewish custom, the only way to back out of this engagement is to actually get a divorce. So all we have to do is look look to Jesus' earthly parents, Mary and Joseph. When when Mary returned back from her visit with her cousin Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John the Baptist. When she returned from that visit, she turned up pregnant. Now, her and Joseph was already engaged. Everybody knew it. So now, here Mary comes back pregnant. And we know, up until that point, that the only way that a woman can become pregnant is when she has sex with a man. So, the angel already told Mary that how... Uh, the Holy Spirit is going to come on her and that she's going to conceive and that and that she is to name the baby Jesus because he is going to save the people from their sins. So, obviously, she didn't jump on the phone to tell Joseph this, right? So, when she comes back, she's pregnant. Joseph... Because Joseph loved Mary and he didn't want to put her to shame. Because see, adultery, the, the penalty for adultery then was to be stoned to death. So he he contemplated putting Mary away quietly. He considered divorcing her. See, being engaged was serious business under Jewish custom so let's say if if joseph just decided well you know what i'm going to get a divorce based on the grounds of fornication because clearly my fiance had sex with someone else and she turned up pregnant so it wasn't like how it is today. If it don't work out, we can just walk away and go about our merry way. No, you actually had to get a divorce. It wasn't until the same angel came to Joseph in a dream and told him what had happened. So he, so the Bible says that he took his wife and he married her. See, they were already considered to be man and wife. So, the confusion, like I said, comes into play because of this Jewish custom. And so, now we, now we over here in the 21st century cannot even imagine that Jesus was talking about the engagement process because people forget about the whole engagement and people's minds are focused on the actual wedding. So what do we do about this scenario in the 21st century? How can the exception of accepted be for fornication applies to us today? Well, I like to put out this type of scenario let's say you and your intended fiance you had let's say a six to nine months engagement right finally the wedding day comes y'all get married y'all go on the honeymoon y'all come back 
it's about maybe six to seven months later down the road y'all are still newlyweds you love him uh he loves you everything is hunky-dory until you get a knock on the door okay the wife goes and opens the door there stands a woman with a brand new baby in her arms talking about this is your husband's baby and you're like what you crazy we 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 just got married well i'm telling you this is bob's baby and you're standing there like you crazy bob come here so here come bob what babe who is this and what is this she's carrying I don't know, babe. I never seen her before in my life. And the woman is like, stop playing. Bob, tell her who who I am and who this is. This is our baby. I don't know what you're talking about. I never seen you before. That's not my baby. And all the back and forth going back and forth. So someone comes up with the idea. Well, let's let's go on and get us a DNA testing. Okay get a dna testing four to six weeks later come to find out bob is a big fat liar because he committed fornication during the engagement process got this poor woman pregnant now here she comes with a baby now what do you do well this is where the exception accepted before fornication now if for whatever reason you can't find it in your heart to forgive bob and make it work anyway well jesus says in this case you can divorce so the the ideal situation is to reconcile forgive him work it out with the holy spirit and move on because if ma'am if you divorce bob guess what you you are young bob is young lord willing bob got a whole lot of life to live and if you divorce while he's still alive you cannot remarry you must remain single first corinthians 7 tells us that if y'all can't reconcile then you are to remain single so you ain't nothing but 25 you got a whole life to live and you know you are going to want to have some sex okay so yeah it will be best to work that out we don't want to get ourselves into another sin amen amen all right folks so i'm gonna leave y'all with some scriptures hold on let me let me come back up here because in in essence the whole thing about this divorce and remarry is is really simple what makes it complicated is for the one who is in their second or third or fourth or fifth remarriage and they got a brand new spouse they probably got some kids now they got money tied up together they got houses and cars and lands and they believe they are happy now and they cannot fathom that jesus wants them to separate and live apart and remain single 
the fact that, well, listen, the one whose spouse is still alive, okay, they cannot remarry unless their spouse, their spouse dies. The one, the brand new bride or the brand new husband, if this is their first marriage, well, that marriage that they are in is really null and void in the eyes of God. So they may be free to remarry because that marriage that they are in doesn't count. God does not recognize that because they married someone else's spouse whether or not so be it they got a divorce at the end of the day god's word is true and it is going to stand irregardless of what man tries to reason and weasel out of it folks it is really clear to understand the confusion and the problem comes into play is that we are not studying God's word. We are not fully following Jesus and what he has to say and let what he say be the final say. We cannot be looking for loopholes speaking for Jesus saying, well, no, Jesus wants me to be happy now. No, Jesus wants you to repent. Otherwise you will all, we will all likewise perish. That is what repenting is all about. It is a changing of your mind. No longer do you think what you are doing is not a sin versus what Jesus is clearly saying what sin is. And in this case, the sin of adultery is clear because you have married someone who is already married in the eyes of God. It is a, it is a commandment. Let no man put asunder. And see, and that's another problem. There is no fear of the Lord. We keep thinking God is playing with that lake of fire and he is not. Revelation 21.8 says that the adulterer will have their place in the lake of fire. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10 tells us that the adulterer and the fornicator will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, let me, let me give y'all, well, I already gave y'all Revelation 21, 8. I just gave y'all 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Hebrews 13, 4 says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexual immoral and adulterous. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Here we see it again. Fornication and adultery are listed as two separate sins. Look, God will judge the sexual immoral. And who is the sexual the sexual immoral? It is the fornicator. And he says, and the adulteress. Folks, we cannot be playing semantics. 
Fornication and adultery are two separate sins that will send people to hell's fire as they await the final judgment. Ephesians 5, 5 says, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexual, immoral, or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inherent has no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Proverbs 6.32 He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. Listen. Colossians 3.5 Put to death, therefore, what is, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is adultery. Jude 1.7 Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire, Folks, I can't, I can't say it enough on this podcast. God ain't playing with that lake of fire. So if we, if we stand up in these adulterous remarriages because you don't want to stop having sex, you, you believe you are now going to be lonely you believe that it's just such a headache to have to go through all of that all over again. Kids are going to be more upset now. You're going from man to man, woman to woman, house to house. Everything is up in turmoil. You believe that this person has never done anything to you. So now why, why should you rip their hearts out of their chest? Okay, well, well, y'all can explain all of that to Jesus on Judgment Day. But I'm telling you, I'm warning you, you need to repent and come out of these adulterous remarriages. It is not worth it. Because what you are telling Jesus by saying, no, you ain't leaving that spouse. You are telling him that you love that person more than you love him. And so that is why Jesus says on judgment day, many are going to say, Lord, Lord. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. And then he's going to say, why call me Lord when you don't even listen to anything I have to say? So I can only imagine how, how the conversation is going to go. What you mean, Lord? I told you that when you divorce and remarry for any other reason, except it be for fornication, you commit adultery. You said no to that. So, so why now stand in eternity and say to me, Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm not your Lord. I wanted to be, I tried to be, but you wanted your flesh more. Yeah, folks, it, it, it's going to be a hot mess on Judgment Day. I'm telling you, it's not worth it to be thrown into a lake of burning sulfur 
and brimstone and fire for all of eternity. Why? Because you love your spouse? So what? He or she did not die for your sins, folks. We, listen, we got to wake up. It is, it is going to be such a tragedy, tragedy that you are going to weep and gnash your teeth saying, all I had to do was just to leave. All I had to do was just to leave. Because I'm telling you folks, listen, let me put this phone down. And I think I'm done. Hold on. Let me, let me. Let me give you a Matthew 25, 41. Then he will say, this is Jesus. He will say to those on his left, depart from me. You curse it into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell amen so folks listen it does not matter how much you love another mere mortal Compared to being tortured, tormented in the lake of fire for all of eternity. Revelation 14 tells us, keep it in, keeping it in context, talking about taking that mark of the beast. But it says that the smoke of your torment will rise day and night forever and ever and there will be no relief how clearer can god be about what will happen to the unrighteous do not be do not be deceived don't let your own thinking deceive you. Don't let the, the twisting of the scriptures from the fake phony pastor lead you astray. Folks, Jesus is not going to be with the back and forth on judgment day. We could sit amongst ourselves on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, on podcasts, debating back and forth whether or not Jesus really meant fornication or wasn't or wasn't it not he meant adultery. All this going back and forth, folks, the truth of the matter is that he said what he said and he meant what he's what he meant. No fornicator, no adulterer, no idolater, no, no covetous person will inherit the kingdom of God. Their place, all liars will have their place in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. So tell me again. How you don't want to come out of this lovely remarriage of yours. And the kicker of it all is that when you have so-called church leaders 
standing in these churches, preaching the word of God, preaching the gospel, all of this good teaching for you to be in an adulterous remarriage? What's the point of you teaching anybody the word of God when you are not adhering to it yourself? Folks, we cannot be stumbling blocks. You will be judged greater. Greater. Why do you think Paul... uh, Yeah, Paul said what he said, that he himself keeps his body under so that he himself don't become a castaway after preaching the gospel. And here he goes because he's given in to his flesh and then he don't make it in. What point of it that you have been ordained by man Okay, and you standing up in the church with a potty mouth and you and you and you standing up here in these adulterous remarriages. I pray that this brother repents and come out of this sin called adultery. Folks, do not let anyone deceive you. Study the word of God for yourself. Pray. Speak to Jesus. Ask him to explain this to you. Okay? I'm telling you what I know from the scriptures. This is not me trying to break up anybody's quote-unquote happy home. Listen, all I want to do is to serve my Lord who who laid down his life for me in such a horrific fashion. He he is saving me. He has snatched me from adulterous remarriages, all kinds of sin. So how is it that I can just sit idly by and don't warn the people? I I won't... I won't be able to sleep at night because I know that I too must give an account for the grace that God has given me to do what he called me to do. And besides all of that, I love the brethren. Okay? So why would I want to see anybody who who is in blatant, willful sin Being deceived by the scriptures, especially if you say that you are a minister of the word of God. How is it that you, I'm going to call it for what it is, okay? And this is why we fellowship so that we could sharpen our irons and rebuke and rebuke one another if necessary. How is it if you, if you have been ordained i'm quite sure you had to have you had to have some of those credentials that these false churches can't even talk because i'm so amped up i'm quite sure you must have gotten some credentials from somebody's seminary school in order for them to have ordained you because that's what these apostate churches want from their ministers so you mean to tell me If in fact, if you had gone to seminary school, they never covered this. And if they did cover this, they probably told you, oh, uh, Jesus means um, adultery. 
it's, it's all it's all the same thing. No, it is not. Clearly in scripture, it lists adultery and fornication or sexual immorality as two different separate sexual sins. It's all sin. It's all sins of the flesh. But it is two different things taking place at two different times. One is when you are a single person. And two, when you are are a married person. Folks, I believe I have said enough. I believe enough has been said. The takeaway to all of this is if you have a living spouse and y'all have gotten a divorce and you remarry, you commit adultery. You and your new spouse are now in the sin of adultery. Why? Because your first covenant spouse is still alive and God gave the commandment, let no man, and that includes divorce courts, let no man put asunder. That that one flesh union Jesus told us that the two has now become one flesh. That union is only dissolved when one of the partners dies. That is when that covenant is fulfilled. And that's it. Everything else is hogwash. It is not going to fly on judgment day. Get the teaching now via the Holy Spirit rather than face Jesus as your judge. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, Jesus said it. Not all are going to receive this teaching because it is hard. Nonetheless, Christ dying for our sins was hard too. And yet he did it. And yet he laid down his life for us. So you mean to tell me we can't lay our lives down for Christ Jesus? Father, apparently we haven't gotten a memo of Galatians 2.20. We are crucified with Christ. We no longer live. Nothing about what we want to do is of importance anymore. Christ lives on the inside of us. So this life we live in this body, we live it by faith in your son who died for us. And he and he loves us. Father, you have called all men everywhere to repent because you have set a day that you will judge the inhabited world in righteousness and you have appointed Jesus to be that judge and the proof the the credible proof that he is going to be that judge is because you raised him from the dead glory be to God father i pray that those who have ears let them hear this teaching is too important to disregard, to poo-poo it away, to, to turn a blind eye, and to reject it. Father, I pray 
that those who are in these adulterous remarriages come out. Come out of it. Just like the homosexual has to come out of his unnatural behavior. Just like the the murderer has to stop sinning. Just like the liar has to stop telling lies. Just like the thief has to stop stealing. Well, the adulterer has to stop sleeping with someone who is not their first covenant spouse. That's it. Once you repent of your sins, you can't go back to it. Father, please help your people. Please have mercy on us, Father. Have have mercy. May your messengers go out and preach this gospel with boldness and make no apologies for it because father we are not ashamed of the gospel it is the power to save souls father we are commanded to snatch as many sticks from the fire father i don't want to see anybody go to hell i don't want to go to hell father may we all wake up Time is short. It is appointed once for man to die. And then the judgment. Judgment day is coming. Judgment day is coming. Wake up people on this earth. Jesus is on his way back. And he will give to every man according to his ways. And according to the fruit of of his doings we cannot take this lightly folks i love you come out of your sins repent and turn back to god thank you heavenly father i pray that today's lesson brought you glory have mercy on your people father in jesus mighty name i pray Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.